On the Let's Get Real podcast last week, I mentioned to you that I was going to address the whole issue of Joseph Smith. Well, I found out during the week while I was uh, researching it, uh, a lot of this, there's a lot of information about Joseph Smith. So what I want to do today is I want to deal with just some of the, the, the top issues or the typical issues uh, that you will hear if you're talking to a Mormon missionary. My name is Rob Lundberg, and you are listening to the Let's Get Real podcast. Rob Lundberg, and you are listening to the Let's Get Real podcast. Thank you for tuning in this week. You know, last week I mentioned that I was going to talk about Joe, uh, good old Joseph Smith. And one of the things that I found out was there is a ton of information out there. Now, I know in my opening I mentioned that I was going to deal with some of the tip-top information, and that was the reason being was I didn't want to mention until we got into this podcast about some of the false prophecies is what I'm going to be dealing with today with Joe. Now, you know, with Mormon missionaries, whenever they come to your door, if they come to your door, they don't come to mine. I think uh, my house has been marked out, and of course, we have been addressing Mormonism from the time my wife and I were living in Oklahoma, and then I became somewhat of a marked man by the uh, LDS church. And also in upstate New York, when I was in seminary up there, um, I became uh, uh, a target as far as don't go to, don't talk to this guy type thing of that level. But, you know, when you talk to Mormon missionaries, you know, the LDS church's movement is, is growth as a result of the LDS missionaries coming to your door and teaching you a gospel. Now, they like to use the word gospel, but it's a false gospel. And that's going to be one of the things I'm going to be dealing with probably in the next few weeks. Uh, we're still going to stay with Mormonism probably until the, the first of the year. And then I'm going to go into what is known as the new spirituality, which is uh, essentially what you and I have heard over the years. If you're as old as I am, you probably heard of it as the New Age movement. I'm going to deal with some of those things. And I'm going to deal with some tough issues uh, with that with regards to uh, things that Christians believe and uh, what they think is, you know, compatible with the Christian faith when it really is not. But look for that in the not-too-distant future. I also want to make an announcement here that we are also looking to go with a video podcast in the not-too-distant future. And that will be on YouTube live, live and we'll be also dealing with, uh, so I think, probably doing it through StreamYard. So keep an eye out for that. Listen for more information on that as we go. But again, the, the LDS Church... Uh, their growth is established a lot by the Mormon missionary effort, and I think we as evangelicals could learn a whole lot from going out and making disciples, because what they do is they get one visit, and then they go and they ask you to set up another time to have a Bible study. And then what happens is people get hooked, and they talk about the miraculous vision by Joseph Smith. But the question is... Was Joseph's visions credible? <clears throat> Do you base your truth claim on having a vision? The answer to that is no. 
<clears throat> you know, Uncle Joe could show up in your bedroom and tell you, let's go fishing tomorrow, but Uncle Joe necessarily wasn't there. Or, you know, Uncle Joe could show up at the fishing pond and, you know, give you a, a new revelation that the Bible's a train wreck, and it, you just can't do that. You just can't base your whole uh, truth claim, if you will, on just some type of vision. And this is what happened with Joseph Smith. And I mentioned to you some of the things that Joseph Smith uh, did or what he had heard. But, you know, if you ask a Mormon what they believe, and if they believe Joseph Smith was a prophet, they will indubitably tell you, yes, he was a prophet. As to how they know he was true, uh, the question you could also ask them is, how do you know Joe was true about his being, you know, being a prophet? And they will tell you that they feel he was and that they prayed and it was revealed to him and blah, blah, blah. Now, again, visions, feelings, experiences may be very real. But the epistemology or the, the way that you know something is true based on the Mormon church is not a good truth test. Feelings may be feelings one day and you may have different feelings the other about something. And of course, that can happen even in relationships. You may like a person, you may like that girl, or you may have deep feelings about that girl that you've been dating or whatever, or, you know, if... <laughs> And uh, all of a sudden, you wake up the following morning and, well, wait a minute, there's some issues here that I hadn't thought of. You, you just can't base your whole thing on, you can't base your whole truth claim on feelings or experiences or even praying something to be true because truth is that which corresponds to reality and you don't have to pray about truth. And of course, the LDS missionary will tell you that you just go into, you read John, uh, James 1, 5, and it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let me go uh, a little bit further into that, and I'll tell you what it says and how they go and they think that it, this is a validation, okay? James writes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously without criticizing, and it will be given to him. Now, wait a minute. Do I have to pray about truth? The, word, the answer to that is no. When it says, and if any of you lacks wisdom, the question then is, what is wisdom? And wisdom is actually living out that which is true, not true for you and not for me, but that which is true based on an objective standard. Now, the question about Joseph Smith is this. Did he tell the truth? Did he make false prophecies or did he make true prophecies? And I'll tell you that he was a false prophet and that the LDS Church is a non-profit organization. Now, when we say that Joseph Smith was a prophet, or how do you know that Joseph Smith was a prophet? You know, feelings and praying about it is not going to cut it. Ask the Mormon this, if they believe that in the Bible, uh, do they believe that in the Bible they will, of course, say yes? But what you want to do is read to them Deuteronomy chapter 18, 
verses 20 to 22. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, this is God speaking, which I have not commanded him to speak, or shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. I'll speak to that in just a second. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word of the Lord hath not spoken? When the prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not follow nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. But the prophet that has spoken it has spoken it presumptuously. And get this, you shall not be afraid of him. That's what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 18, 20 to 22. So you don't have to be afraid of a false prophet. You don't have to be afraid of Mormon missionaries coming to your door. All you have to do is just ask them some questions. So what about Joseph Smith? You know, I know this is kind of preamble, preamble and we're going to go all the way to the end. But when we talk about the false prophecies of Joseph Smith, you know, Joseph made some rather bold claims. I shared with you that, you know, he, the Mormons believe that you can't get into the level of heaven or you can't get past the judgment seat without getting a certificate from Joseph Smith and that he is on par with Jesus and Elohim, God, God the Father, which that's a whole different thing altogether because just like the God of Islam being uh, different from the God of Christianity, the God of Mormonism is also different from the God of the Bible. So the Bible, the God of the Bible is not the same as the God of Mormonism, nor is it the same of same God as of as Islam. Now, let's look at some false prophecies, and then I'm going to have some uh, re quick responses to these. I'm going to deal with uh, Joseph Smith and his false prophecies. I'm going to deal with Joseph Smith and the ten lost tribes of Israel. And then also one of the most bizarre ones, Joseph Smith and the men on the moon. And then um, what do we do about this? And of course, there's a David Patton, uh, David W. Patton in 1838. I'm going to deal with that as well. So what? Let's, let's just jump into this, okay? Joseph Smith and Doctrine and Covenants, section 88 uh, and verse 87. It says this, for not made... For not many days hence, and the earth shall tremble and reel to and fro as a drunken man, and the sun shall hide his face and shall refuse to give light, and the moon shall be bathed in blood, and the stars shall become exceedingly angry and cast themselves down as fig that falleth off the fig tree. Not many days hence? Really? This was written in 1832 by Joseph Smith, over 170 plus years ago. And was this a false prophecy? Well, according to the prologue in section 88 of Doctrine and Covenants, it says that the contents of the section are revelations given through Joseph Smith. So the question then is, now, is there new revelation today? You know, I, I could do a whole podcast on that. I could do a whole episode on this, whether or not there's new revelation. Let me tell you that the canon of the Bible is completely closed. There is no special revelation needed in Scripture. Okay? It does not become the Word of God. It doesn't contain the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. Okay? So I know I've, I've heard preachers say, you know, the Bible contains the Word of God when you open it. No, it doesn't. 
It is the word of God. And what we have to do is we have to trust the Bible being inerrant, totally sufficient, and totally protected by the Holy Spirit. So you can't base it on special revelation. You can't base it on feelings-type revelation. Okay, let's move on to the second one here. In the Doctrine and Covenants, section 112, verse 15, it says, Exalt not yourselves, rebel not against my servant Joseph. For verily I say to you, I am with him, and my hand shall be over him, and the keys which I have given unto him, and also you word shall not be taken from him till I come. Now, <laughs> okay. Um, last time we knew, uh, in Matthew chapter 16, where Jesus is asking the disciples, who do men say that I am? And some say you are Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets, maybe John the Baptist, come back from the dead. Who do you say that I am? And Peter blurts out, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And, Peter, and Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven, and I shall give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth shall have already, well, the, the, the word already is in the optative in the Greek, it's not in the English, but that's what it means, shall have already been bound in heaven. And well, whatever you bind on earth shall have already bound in heaven, been bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. So the question about this prophecy, Smith would have the keys until Christ returned? No, that's not true. Since Joseph Smith is dead and the keys are no longer with him, and since Christ has not yet returned, what does this say about this prophecy? If I had a, 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 a bullhorn, I'd, I'd basically go and say, it's, it's false. Okay? So that's another one. Okay, Doctrine and Covenants, uh, section 121, verse 15. Not many years hence, so they and their posterity shall be swept from under heaven, saith God, that not one of them is left to stand by the wall. Well, wait a minute here. Um, is anyone who was alive in 1839 still alive today to be swept from under heaven? No. What does it say about this one? False prophecy. Next one. Doctrine and Covenants, section 130, verse, five, uh, verse 15. Joseph, my son, if thou livest until, the, uh, until thou art 85 years old, thou shalt see the face of the Son of Man. Therefore, let this suffice and trouble me no more on this matter. Well, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses had false prophecies all the way up until 1975 with Armageddon. And of course, we know that Turkey is acting out right now. If you're paying, if you're paying attention to the news and Erdogan wants to um, basically recreate the old Ottoman Empire, revive the Ottoman Empire, and that is going to be your Gog and Magog uh, battle that's mentioned in Ezekiel 38 and 39, but that's not what this podcast is about. I just want to put this under, under this thing here because this is somewhat related as far as Mormon eschatology. Eschatology is the study of last things, the eschaton, the unveiling of it. Well, that's not, that's, that's apocalypsis. But anyway, Jesus did not come in 1890, and that was when Joseph would have turned 85. So where's Joe? Uh, Joe's in the grave. 
Joe's dead, and uh, he's not here. So uh, here's another one in history of the church, uh, A.D. 1831, after Heed Smith has prophesied, he laid hands on Lyman White, and ordained him to the high priesthood, and we talked about the priesthood last week, after the holy order of God. And the Spirit fell on Lyman, and he prophesied concerning the coming of Christ, and he said that there are some in the congregation that should live until the Savior should descend from heaven with a shout, with the holy angels with him. Well, um, no. Is anyone still alive in 1831? Are they still alive today? No, they're not. Uh, since Joseph Smith was there with Lyman and did not object, did Smith believe Lyman was making a true prophecy? Well, the question probably is yes. Now, Joseph Smith also made some many prophecies about the lost tribes of Israel. For example, Doctrine and Covenants, section 133, verse 26, it says that they who are in the north country shall come in remembrance before the Lord and their prophets shall be, hear the voice and they'll no longer stay themselves and they shall smite the rocks and the ice shall flow down at their presence. Journal of Discourses, page 68. I do not know how much before the ten tribes will come from the north, but after Zion is built in Jackson County. That's um, Missouri. Okay, After the temple is built... Upon the spot the ground, the cornerstone was laid. Let me speak to you about that for just a moment. That was actually a prophecy that Joseph made about building a temple in, in, in Missouri. And uh, I don't think it's there today. So it never came to pass when he said it was going to come to pass. Now, whether or not the LDS mentioned or remembered this prophecy and they backpedaled and tried to get a temple up. I am not for certain. If you go to the web and you find that there's a, a temple uh, in Independence, Missouri, in Jackson County, then please email me at roblunberg315 at gmail.com and let me know. Also, um, in Journal of Discourses, page 172, and it is predicted concerning by them of the ancient American prophets who lived in those days that when God should bring these ten tribes from the north country, they would bring their records with them. Well, here's the questions I want to ask here. I, I know I've given you about three, and I've commented on one, but here's some questions I think that we, we really need to pay heed to. Is there any evidence that all supporting the idea of the ten lost tribes of humans have been living for 2,500 years in the Arctic? Are there any buildings? Are there any archaeological or physical evidences at, at all of people living in the Arctic? And the answer to that, those questions, is absolutely, positively no. Did, well, okay, here, here's another one, too. What did explorers find when they reached the Arctic? And what is there now? Well, there's no archaeological evidence of any people from the north uh, coming down that, are, that were Mormons or ancient uh, people who would become Mormons or whatever Joseph Smith was pontificating. And that's just, well, that's just ludicrous, okay? So... Here's a bizarre one. I mentioned to you in the very beginning of our episode today 
that Joseph Smith actually believed that our that men were on the moon. I don't know if he was looking at a old magazine cartoon where the moon was smiling and maybe like a uh, sunbeam commercial or, or advertisement of some type of food product or whatever, but nevertheless, <laughs> Journal of Discourses, volume 13, page 271. He writes, Who can tell us of the inhabitants of this little planet that shines of an evening called the moon? Well, it's not a planet, number one. It's, called, it's actually a moon. When we view its face, we may see that what is termed the man in the moon, and what philosophers declare are the shadows of mountains. And these things are very vague and amount to nothing, but when you inquire about the inhabitants of that sphere, you find that the most learned are as ignorant in regard to them as the most ignorant of their fellows. So it is with regards to the inhabitants of the sun. Do you think it is inhabited? I rather think it is. Do you think there is any life there? No question of it. It was not made in vain. Now, I don't know if the LDS actually believe that there are men in the moon like Joseph Smith, but Joseph Smith taught this. And are the sun... Can you inhabit anything on the sun? No, you can't. And if you get to um, Mercury that goes around the, that orbits the sun very, very quickly, you can't even have sustained life on Mercury. And you can't have sustained life even on Venus. Why? Because those places are hot. The, the, the heat of the, the sun is just so intense. So are the sun and the moon inhabited? Well, we've been to the moon a few times. According to the NASA program, they haven't found anything. So if these things are false, then what can be said of this prophecy? Joseph Smith is a false prophet. Now, with regards to David Patton. Now, David Patton is not the NFL player that used to play for my New England Patriots. But this is another David Patton. Doctrine and Covenants, section 114, verse 1, March 1838. Joseph Smith said this, Verily, thus saith the Lord, it is the wisdom of my servant David W. Patton that he settle up all his business as soon as he possibly can and make disposition of his merchandise that he may perform a mission unto me next spring in company with others, and even twelve, including myself, to testify of my name and bear glad tidings into all the world. And then History of the Church, October 1838. Brother David Patton was a worthy man, beloved of all good men who knew him. He was one of the 12 apostles. He died as he lived, a man of God, strong in faith of glorious resurrection. So, mind you, this is March 1838 of the first one. And, of course, the History of the Church is 1838 October. So did, did David Patton live until the next spring, or was he killed in the fall? Now, the Mormons will try and tell you they, to say that David Patton became a spirit missionary, but the passage in Doctrine and Covenants clearly says that he will leave with other human companions. 
So what are we to think of all these things? Many Mormons will not listen to yours and my witness, but you know what? It's also need to be brought up that many balked at Christ and many of the spirits in hell did not listen after Christ descended uh, to them to try and rescue them in the dark places. Now, it wasn't the literal hell, but that's another podcast. So what do we do with this? Well, we can give our witness to the Mormon church. We can talk about the false prophecies of Joseph Smith because Mormon missionaries actually believe Joseph Smith was a true prophet as they do Brigham Young and one of the things that we need to understand number one that we do not need to be afraid of a false prophet and it's the same goes with somebody who's in the word faith theology of the new apostolic reformation if they're prophesying things that do not come to pass, you do not need to be fearful of them. You need to tell them where they're in error and that they need to come to the true understanding of the word of God as it applies to proper, proper biblical hermeneutics. Not, not lazy Jesus, not narcissus but true biblical exegesis, okay? So this is what I wanted to share with you today. I'm going to wrap this show up here. Thank you for listening. But we need to understand that even though they use our terminology, you can go back on another episode when I talk about same terminologies on that one. You can go back there and pull down the PDF because I've got the link there. But folks, they use our terminology. And they like to throw in my face, I've had this experience several times talking to Mormon missionaries, and I'm not in a Baptist church anymore. But they like to brag that they baptize a Baptist church. And why is that? Because folks, we do not know why we believe what we believe. A lot of people today listen with their eyes and think with their feelings when it comes to their Christianity. They don't use their minds. Jesus said that we are to love God with our heart, our soul, and our mind and love our neighbor as ourself. If we don't do that, love God with heart, soul, and mind, not, we can't do the love our neighbor as ourself effectively. So what we need to do is we need to get ourselves in the Word of God. We need to study the Word of God. We need to study theology, and I know theology might give people allergies, but you know what? Whenever you use theological terms, you are actually doing theology, and your theology is either good or bad, depending on what you know about it and how well-learned you're in it, and whether or not it is biblical. So please, please, please dive into the Word of God. Dive into resources. Go to my website, roblundberg.org. Go to my Answering Mormon page. I've got a bunch of links there. And also, go back and pull down these podcasts that we have been dealing with over the last few weeks on Mormonism so that you can get equipped to understand when the LDS missionaries come and knocking at your door and they say, Hi, I'm Elder so-and-so, and and this is Elder so-and-so, and we're from the Church of Jesus Christ. We have a message for you. And then they start telling you the whole thing about Joseph Smith. Automatically, when they start mentioning Joseph Smith, folks, your baloney detector should be going off a mile a minute. 
but we'll have more next week. I'm going to deal with the archaeological so-called evidences of the Book of Mormon, which there are none. But I have a PDF that I will share with you next week from the Smithsonian Institution on why there is no evidence for the Book of Mormon. So tune in next week to the Let's Get Real podcast with Rob Lundberg. We will be back with you next week, Lord willing. God bless you. Go out and give them heaven. Talk to you next week. Lord bless.